Backstage with Pete Van Dyke. We are coming to you from the Backstage Podcast booth deep in the bowels of Spiky Ball Studios. I am your host, Pete Van Dyke, and we're we're going to talk today about uh, trying to find a job. I know a lot of people out there don't have a they they have a job. They're doing it because they need to, but they're not doing it because they want to. It's uh, most jobs from the people that I've met in my life on the road have been uh, people hate their job or dislike it greatly, and they like to try to do something else. So I thought as a service during our hiatus at Life in the Dutch Hall, I would invite our guest, Brandon McIntosh, to the show, and we would uh, discuss a lot of the uh, jobs that Brandon has done. Brandon is one of the, uh, he himself right now is a stand-up comedian. He is a writer, producer, an actor. He is a... uh, man of many who's worn many hats in his life probably had the most jobs of anyone i've ever met welcome to the show brandon mcintosh thanks for having me pete always happy to be here at the studio yeah this is kind of weird it's kind of like old school dutch hall it's like how we how we started just doing a one-on-one yes in a tiny room with a sliding door glass door yeah <laughs> it does kind of feel it's like it's more nervous because it's in my ears again you know yeah when we were doing out there it wasn't the same thing but that's a weird job that I have now is doing this, podcasting. Podcasting, yeah, throw that in there. And if you would have asked me at the beginning of my life, I would, wouldn't have thought I would have come to this end. But it's only after a, like a lifetime of errors, really, yeah. that uh, it led me to this point where I don't know if this is the darkest point or the, be- or the brightest point in my life, but I'm doing this now. I don't know. You're just going to have to reflect back and just see, see. Say with the high points and the low points, like, are you happy with what you're doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did six years of your podcast, right? Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. That's uh, that's a job. That is doing that every week for six years. It's a full time job. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a weird one. It was one of those things you shouldn't really. You no one really uh, chooses to do that because it doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. But that's what I liked the most about it. It was ridiculous. Um, we have, uh, I just wanted to start like when people, I noticed this, I have a two kids, right? Yeah. And those kids are like, uh, they put them in a high, they're in high school. And as soon as they get into high school, they like start really putting pressure on these kids to like, you got to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. You've got to choose a career path and all that stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, uh, yeah, how here's l- a history lesson on Canada. You don't really need to do any of those jobs unless you want to be a history teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if, yeah, they talk a big game, right? Like you need to really con- know what you're doing, but they have, they have such limited options for like in high school, of what you really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they can't see in the future anyways, with the way things change nowadays, most of the jobs these kids are going to do 20 years from now don't exist now. Yeah. Like I felt I was just going through the motions at school. Like I didn't, it didn't make, didn't give me an idea of what I wanted to do. Like I wasn't inspired by anything I did at school. No, no, no. It is, uh, yeah. But I'm, well, I agree. Working though, working all the jobs I had, you know that that's inspired kind of my my life path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree with that 100. And that's uh, I didn't really get inspired by anything at school. I uh, did the tests, you know, like I was like a dancing monkey for him, but that was it. Like I never, w- I never really, um, uh, I like I never. Uh, like yeah thought uh, this would be great to do for the rest of my life like to dig into this subject matter or anything like that i like the i like the uh i like working i like to the the physical act of working like i like being busy i like being uh but i don't like 
working for other people. You yeah, know, that can be hard. Yeah, I'll work for a co- my customer. Don't get me wrong, but I won't. I don't like a, working for a boss. You know. Yeah, it depends on the boss. You can have good bosses and bad bosses. I've had all kinds of bosses. Like, yeah, it makes a huge difference, right? Absolutely. Like, uh, I think that if your boss, um, if your if your if your boss is the type of guy that's like you're working for me, then he's an asshole. Yeah. But if a guy's like, you know, we're working for this better benefit. You know, it's not the ego there. Yeah. And then I think that that guy's going to be a good boss. I really think that's what it yeah, comes Yeah, you can to. tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can tell early on, hopefully. Do you, think that, do you think, like, douchebag people would like other douchebag people? Do they? Do douchebags like other douchebags? Absolutely. They travel in packs. So they would appreciate the other, the qualities of a douchebag. You know how, like, when I work with people, grow, like, as I went in the workforce, yeah. I would find people like me, and then the, if the, if they're doing the job the way I did the job, then I would respect them, right? Yeah. And then like so, but when I found those douchebag people that were just ass kissing their way to more money or whatever, yeah, those people I would uh, consider to be uh, have no integrity, like to be pe- uh, terrible people, right? Yeah. Where, now the date that they travel together, those, those those kinds of people. Yeah. Yeah. They do. But how can you look they so they look at each other with like admiration that this guy's kissing my ass that's what I want right yeah they must have kissed cuz when when you're kissing ass then it must be like you're going to get this someday then you're going to expect people to kiss your ass cuz you did all that nasty stuff yeah it's a it's a fun fun terrible cycle <laughs> yeah it's I'm like, glad I never really got a part of that too much cuz I never really stayed in one job long enough to really call anything a career except maybe now cuz I I do have a career in things. Yeah, yeah. But for a long time, it was just hopping, hopping job to job, town to town. And now, what was your very first job you had? Very first job was a co-op farming uh, equipment place. And I had, like, feed, like, big bags of feed and stuff. Yeah, yeah. All this, like, uh, just stuff you find in a hardware store as well. And my neighbor got me that job. My parents really wanted me to get a job. And How I, old were you? I think I was 13. Oh, yeah. Like, my friends had paper routes. They are pressuring me, so my neighbor who worked there got me the job. But, like, I'm carrying 40-kilogram bags of feed, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I weigh, like, 40 kilograms. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't pull this off. Uh, so I'm – it was a hard job for a first job, for sure. Yeah. Like, I didn't know anything, and I'm just, like, thrown into this mix, yelling at me. I'm grabbing the wrong pig feed and, like, yeah. dumping – open cement bags into someone's truck and then cleaning it off with water and not telling him <laughs> yeah. and then him finding it when he gets home. Yeah. It's like, uh, I did that same job so we can, we can match that one up. I've, be- yeah. I've worked at a co-op at- twice actually. I worked there, but as a grown up. Yeah. So it was a little different. How old were you then? Uh, right out of university. Okay. In uh, 96, it would have been. Uh, it was like a, a recession. Yeah. And there was no jobs anywhere. And I was still taking a couple courses. And then they offered me this job doing like a GPS um, uh, application of fertilizer. Weird. But I would re- I wrote the program like the it was oh, basically okay. just like spreadsheets. And I would put it the, da- the data in. Oh, okay. Of the so you weren't, you weren't lugging bags of feet around uh, this nah, farm place. And... Well, I, no, not that time. Okay. Not the not the first time out of school. I was doing the compute mostly computer work, and oh, then I, I would take go on the field and take soil samples, 
and then send those samples to the lab and then uh, enter the data and then send that program to the applicators and yeah. then have to teach the applicators how to use it to because they were like old guys that had been there for like 35 years and they think this is all a bunch of shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they would uh, look, I would have to teach them how to use this new stuff. But now it's pretty, that's pretty old school technology in agriculture now. But then the second time, then I went, the second time I worked there, I got hired to manage this fertilizer plant in Delhi. Yep, you showed me that, yeah. And then they, uh, and so that one, because I was supposed to be hired to manage it, I had to do every job in the plant. Yeah. So that was a lot. That was most of my lugging and stuff. And during the spring rush, I was one of those guys that would be like a gopher to bring out people chemical and stuff like that. Yeah. You're a gopher. Why do gophers do that? Is that, I don't is like that a, a go, gopher shit. You know, you say yeah. gopher coffee, gopher. Oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's funny. That's what it is. They call you a it. gopher. Yeah. Yeah. Just a bitch. You know, some people okay, call it a bitch. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> I was a bitch for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind. Like if you, if it's your place when you know clearly that's the role you have to play for that day, oh, yeah. then you just fall into the bitch role. Oh, I call it temp. Temping. Temping. Yeah. <laughs> In Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I, I've never done that. Have you done that? Yeah, I, I would. I temp for a music video company, like a commercial production company, and it was it was fun for a while being their temp. But yeah, I was getting their coffee every day, their lunch. Yeah, yeah. Just dealing with their shit, walking their dogs, help them move furniture at their apartment. Just like, yeah, what should we get them to do now? Just like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Can you get them to fill my car up with gas? It's like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah, a go world pick up my laundry. It's like. Can I do something that has to do with music videos, please? <laughs> yeah, no. That's fun. That's what we'd like to do. Yeah, yeah. I did have to go look for a pig heart one day for, really? for a music video. It was some metal band and you know, had a pig heart in their hand, yeah. fake blood, but they wanted a real heart. So I just went, I was going through Chinatown, obviously, yeah. <laughs> every crazy store. And uh, eventually I found them and they came in a three pack. So we got three, three hearts. Three packs of pig hearts. Eh? Yeah, it was a, I got a deal. Yeah. Man, uh, I was it in, in I would have went to a butcher. A butcher? Yeah, it was kind of, it was like a butcher at the back of this grocery store. Yeah? I don't think they spoke English. I I kind of I remember like making show pointing to my heart and like yeah. making the motion that it's beating. Really? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. That's it, awesome. It, it, Pig's hearts are most like uh, human hearts. Yeah, they are. That's why in Snow White, uh the huntsman. Yeah. I cut out a pig's heart. We were tempted to cook one and eat one. We'd be like, see what cannibalism's like. Yeah. <laughs> would you, I, I imagine it would taste great. I'm sure it would. I, I've like I heard the heart is quite delicious in some animals. I eat chicken like chicken hearts. heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yummy. Very good. Very good. But yeah, no co-op was my first job. I I didn't like it. I liked it in the spring when I could water flowers just for hours and like disappear into the garden center. Yeah. <laughs> it just like just forget about me. But uh, the next job I got, my parents opened a water depot. Oh, yeah. You know what those are? Like, they sell, like, they, you can go fill up your jugs. Yeah, yeah. And they have, like, water softeners for sale and yeah. hot tubs. Hot tubs, yeah. I don't know why my parents decided to buy this, uh, but th they did. It was a good idea. Like, they ran it for a few years, and I worked there. It was in Woodstock, though. That was the problem. Selling hot tubs? Yeah. Selling hot tubs and delivering hot tubs. And that was always kind of entertaining. Cause uh, we had a we didn't have much of a trailer, and uh, my dad wasn't very good at backing it in. <laughs> it was always frustrating for him, but uh, kind of entertaining for us. But uh, so your dad's about an entrepreneur then? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's uh, me having all these jobs. Like he's kind of had 
like uh, the same career most of his life, but he's always had different ventures, different ideas. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's where I get it from. Yeah, yeah. I I can appreciate that. My my uh, I'm the same way. And my my dad was a farmer. Like all the, all my family was farmers, really. And so I just grew up on a farm. Have that mentality that you that's how it how yeah. you do it. You know, I don't know any other way. But uh, no, the first real job I liked I got after that was at a driving range in Air. The, oh, yeah. the Dan Air driving range. Were you one of those guys in the cage? That- I was. I got to drive the picker. And they so, shoot it. People shoot you, right? Oh, yeah, man. I'm a target. Yeah. And it was fun. And because uh, I used to just taunt people. I like, <laughs> like but, uh, the pros hated it because they, they didn't want to hit me. They're just, I just like go like, <laughs> going past them. But uh, it was great. We used to get drunk at work and like ride those things around after hours, just like hit the mounds full speed and catch air and golf carts and stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. We almost got in trouble one day, but we blamed it on like teenagers and like four wheelers. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have cameras or anything. You know, we got away with it. When I was 18, I worked with uh, my dad. I dropped out of high school and I was uh, trucking tobacco. We would, uh, <laughs> we would, uh, drive transport trucks i didn't drive i was just a loader i like there was a guy that drove and a guy that sat in the passenger seat and he would load the truck with them yeah and uh we would go to different farms and pick up their bales of tobacco and bring it to the market for them to sell and but the farmers would have this tradition that if they didn't give you a like a something to drink afterwards yeah that they would sell bad you know they got to be nice to the people that come, come <laughs> to the thing so like um a lot of times you would get booze Mostly booze. Sometimes you get food and booze, uh, but sometimes, most of the time, booze, right? That's fair. That's that's a good trade. So, like, it would be, like, by, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, you're hammered because um, you've done three farms, and they've <laughs> all given you, like, whiskey and shots and stuff like that. And it was, like, day after day of this, right? And then drive, like... this. These are different times, I guess. <laughs> but uh, the, the most of the times, I remember this one time, I was at nights. I was going to night school because a uh, wall truck and tobacco. Yeah. And I had to drive to Brantford to do night school. And then we went to the last load of the day. And the last load of the day is always you always pick uh, your your favorite, uh, like the good farmer. You won't load them at the beginning of the day. Yeah. You'll load them at the end of the day because then your last load, you can stay and drink as long as you want. Right. <laughs> and then uh, so <clears throat> when you know you got a good farmer that likes that's a fun guy to go visit. Yeah. Then you'll set them up for the last. So we were going to visit this one uh, set of brothers, and uh, they're they're fun, right? And we went to them for last load, and I said, I still got time to go home and then go to class, right? But uh, we go there, and uh, they come up with a bottle of whiskey. It's like a 60-ounce bottle of whiskey, but it's only um, like a quarter full or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, you guys can't leave till this is done, right? And then we're like, no problem. There's a bunch of us guys, you know? We have a couple whiskeys. This one guy, I remember, uh, he's a trucker. Uh, long distance trucker. He gets me into chewing tobacco, gives me a wad of chewing tobacco, <laughs> oh, and I that's put bad it. In. News. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm drinking whiskey, and I got this chewing tobacco. And then uh, the guy comes out. We finish that bottle, and they come out with another sixty that's like half full or whatever. Yeah. And they say, "Okay, can't leave till this one's done." Lock the door, you know. <laughs> and then uh, so we finish that one, and then uh, there was another full bottle brought out, and which we they pulled the same stunt on, but we didn't finish it, but we put a good dent into it. And uh, we eventually had to leave because I had to get to class. <laughs> and uh, I'm driving home with with the truck driver. And uh, the truck driver looks at me and he goes, Pete, I just got one question for you. This might sound a little funny. He goes, if I go straight right now, is there a road there or isn't it? 
<laughs> I know I'm either here or at the next one. I don't know which one I'm at. <laughs> right? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, let me drive. Right? And then I had to still drive, get home, get uh, get showered, get in my vehicle, drive to Brantford to do a calculus class. Oh, my God. And then I reek of whiskey, you know, still. And I shouldn't have been driving in retrospect. No. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you said these were different times, yeah. it's like when the times were drinking and driving was good. <laughs> No, I guess but I didn't even no, think about funny. it. And then uh, it was never good. It just was more done. And uh, I just didn't catch it as much. They used to, event, at one point, they would just tell you to be careful. Yeah, you know? just let you go. Yeah. As long as you weren't driving too erratically, right? Yeah, yeah. They could understand that some guys are good drunk drivers. But uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, Nova Scotia, that's still a thing out there. Well, oh, yeah. Anytime you don't have public transportation and you have to, you're remote, you know, like... Number one, there's no traffic, so you're going to take a chance. Yeah. Number two, uh, there's no way to get a cab home most of the time or anything like that. So you're just kind of like, how else are you going to get home? Yeah. So then you're kind of forced to, you just don't, if you get too wasted, you get a driver. But if, yeah. if you're just getting into that part where I'm like, I'm probably technically wasted, but not. Anyways, this is off topic, of That's course. That's all right. Yeah. But the, uh, I was, my point is, I get to class. Stinking of whiskey, eh? My friends in class like, whoa, what the hell is the matter with you, Pete? And I look over and I just smile. I got a big wad of chewing tobacco in my <laughs> Still in your teeth. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about it. And then I was, uh, then I had to spend the whole time like, uh, because now I'm aware of it. So yeah. now my mouth's just filling up with uh, chewing tobacco till oh we had our God. first break. I was running to the front of the classroom, just spit chewing so tobacco. You held it the whole time? Yeah. Oh, mouth dude. just getting fuller. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> and did you learn any calculus that day? A dum-de-dum-dum. Derivatives. Derivatives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the only thing I remember about calculus. That's impressive. In, in one way or another. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that uh, a trucking job was so that I could pay for my university, but I ended up spending it on a trip to Cuba instead. And then, uh, but most of, I, most of my jobs, like I grew up as a, I started my work as a, a child laborer. Like a, a child slave, really. Yeah. For a tobacco farm where we I would work. Uh, as, as soon as you're able to do something, they make you do it, right? Like, why not? Yeah. But my first pr- real official job on a tobacco farm was a stick shaker. That's the first job you're going to have to do on a tobacco farm is a stick shaker. What is that? So, like, they used for stick kills, they would have a tying machine that would, you'd lay the leaves on the on this belt, and then it would sew it sew it on a stick. Okay. And yeah. then the stick would go up and you'd hang those in the building, right? Oh, it has nothing to do with like whacking rabbits or anything. No. Okay. All right. S- stick shaker. So then you would just have to take the stick and before you put it on the elevator, you'd shake it once or twice. Any loose leaves would fall out and you put it there so they wouldn't fall. Yeah. But the stick shaker is unnecessary. You can just run the tying machine onto the elevator <laughs> and pick up the leaves when they fall when they and somewhere else, right? Yeah. Stick shaker is just something you do to give someone a job, right? And so that was my first job. I was like 10. Uh, and then then they moved me into the strip room uh, when I was in grade 7. More uh, tobacco? Yeah, more tobacco. That's when you uh, cure it, and then you have to like uh, put it on another belt to sort it out. Um, do you just reek of tobacco doing all this? Like, is oh, it that's the good. The, well, during the time where it's in the field, it, you're, uh, it, it doesn't smell. Yeah. It just stains your hands with tar and stuff and oh, you're crazy. and you, even when you wash it your hands are still like stained yellow and stuff so i went to school in Brantford, so they never saw they didn't have a lot of tobacco experience there because yeah. they were more of an urban center 
So when they saw me out, they thought I had some disease, you know. <laughs> but if you go to Delhi High School, everyone's oh, yeah. got stained hands. Like they, <laughs> everyone's got yellow hands. Yeah. <laughs> so you would get nicotine stained hands from working in in tobacco when it's green. But then when it's cured, it's the best smelling thing ever. They may even make candles that smell like it. It's like fresh cured tobacco smells like nice. heaven. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's so it's so nice of a smell. But then it's like if you get a fresh pack of cigarettes and you smell it, it doesn't smell bad. It smell fresh uh, cigars, I guess. Would that be similar? Like, yeah, kind of. The, the the cigars would have would be more like uh, I would say like more pungent than a yeah cure. But if you get a fresh pack of cigarettes and you smell the the tobacco, that that's kind of like what your whole barn would smell like. Your wow. clothes and stuff. It would be nice. Wow. So yeah, long career in tobacco. Yes. As a child. As a child laborer. Well, of course, you're doing all the regular jobs like planting, replanting, and hoeing, and uh, that sort of stuff. But then uh, the harvest jobs are the big ones. And then I got, uh, after the strip room, when I got uh, 11 years old, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they uh, moved me to boat driver. I, th- I think it was boat driver at 12, sorry. Which a boat driver is like, I drove a big red truck, standard <laughs> transmission. <laughs> At 11 years old, it was, Did you have to sit on anything so you could see over the, uh, the no. windshield. Or? Yeah, I was 11 when I learned to drive, but 12 when I had it as a job, and I, I, I didn't have to sit on anything, but you could, I could, I couldn't really see that well over, and I would always steer with my tongue because it was like hard. Yeah, and then uh, I always made up for uh, what I lacked with effort. You know, I would just overwork it, but yeah. it was fun because you get to boot. That was a fun job because you could boot through the field, uh, like just kick ass on this truck you're just a kid you're just like shifting through the gears <laughs> that and stuff. would be sick i uh, yeah envious. i was a lazy kid i wouldn't be able to do that uh, these it, jobs i had i was just barely just dragging my feet along oh really <laughs> yeah like i just they, it, like especially the driving range that was the easiest job ever oh yeah, yeah. You, you just sit around collect the balls bring them back clean them go out again just like meh <laughs> my easiest job would have been the banking i guess yeah because i didn't do anything no because i would just, sometimes Sometimes you could pretend you're working and not work because uh, no one's paying attention, you know? Yeah. You know the George Costanza? I did the George Costanza move one time. Yeah. I knew I was going to get fired at this job. So I... and I, You they just didn't, didn't care? You just stopped caring? Yeah. The company was going to go broke. So I was like, I don't care. I want to get severance. So I got a four-month severance. Oh, I did that at Sobeys. I wanted to leave and they were uh, they were renovating and could not afford to lose anybody because they're like, needed all this extra help to move shelves around at night. So I'm like, I want to leave. I'm like, I'm just going to fuck off and not do anything and just get paid for it. And I got away for a few weeks of just like, like I'd sign in and just go sit in the back and I'd build like a Ford out of milk crates in the cooler. And yeah. I'd just sit back there, eat cookies. <laughs> <laughs> my manager would come in and just like yell my name. I'd just like freeze. Yeah, I had no idea. Like if you just go back against the wall and like around the edge, like I made yeah. like a little milk crate maze <laughs> i'm just hiding back there figuring out ways not to how not to work yeah because they're stacked like eight high right yeah but yeah that was a job it was ridiculous i was in high school so 17 18 and like yeah same thing i fucked off all day i would like just pick up like a bag of chips and just wander aisles just like looking around as if i'm doing like a price check <laughs> yeah or figuring out where it's going back and i get away with doing that for so long to my boss is just like brian what are you doing <laughs> yeah like, Doing it for like 40 minutes. I would go into my office, grab a bunch of binders, yeah. right? Look angry, dishe- like disheveled and angry and like frantic because we had multiple locations. So I'd always be like pretending I was going to one of the other ones yeah. and then just go home. 
<laughs> it worked. That, that's a good escape. Yeah. I found it to be refreshing. And uh, in high school, uh, me and my friends, we liked to egg people and egg cars. We were shitheads. Like, oh, yeah. I, like, I was an asshole when I was in high school. We'd always do stuff like that. So I would, like, because anytime there's egg cartons on the shelf, some are broken. You have to take them to the back, write them off, throw them in a the dumpster. But I would st- stack them up, like, dozens yeah. and dozens of these eggs and just leave them at the back door for my friend to come pick up. So we'd just be, like, all night, just, anni- <laughs> just <laughs> annihilating people's cars. Just, uh, it wasn't good for me, that access to eggs I had. <laughs> Every single job I left, I stole from. Yeah? Yeah. I like, I mo- you know what I stole the most of? Three-hole punches. Three-hole punches? I have a three-hole punch from CIBC. Is that just a goal you have? You're trying to get a three-hole puncher from every job? I, I <laughs> it ended up being that way at the end because I'm like, I don't have a three-hole punch, and they stopped using them, you know? Yeah. Because at first, it was just coincidence. I would leave, and I just got panicky, and I would steal something out of the mer- or out of the uh, supply room, and it was always just like a three-hole punch. or some. It was always a three-hole punch, and I didn't know why. It was just an impulse thing. So because I did it a couple times... And it was three-hole punch both times. Then I just made a point of stealing a three-hole punch <laughs> from every... Oh, sorry, made a point of stealing a three-hole punch from every one of them. I got out of the mic there a bit. Well, that's all right. And uh, what? Hey, it's, it's, I, I've been drifting too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. That's a weird one. I do have a n- number of three-hole punches from some of the uh, big banks. Well, now I know who to go to if I need one. Yeah, if you need one, I got a bunch. But um, the best uh, way, I've never really had the luxury of pilfering anything significant from any of my uh, employers, like, or having any benefit that I was able to have. Yeah. The nicest part of one, when I had a longest run at banking was that I, I had customers I spent over a decade with, and you could watch their businesses grow. I really did like that. And then uh, you ended up being, like, actually uh, emotionally invested with these people, right? And then they would uh, give you, like, christmas presents and stuff and take you out to lunch and stuff and then they started making that like against the rules oh really yeah that you because that scene because we were uh the one place i worked was considered government so then they said um can't do that no they said uh, that because if the if the taxpayers found out that you a government employee technically uh was getting a um a gift a gift from someone that you gave money to yeah yeah then that would be seen as being like, uh, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Conflict of interest. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Uh, well, that's a shame. That's. But it was nice. Yeah, it sounded nice. People would bake me cookies. Sound like the the bonus part of being a banker. Yeah. <laughs> and the money. <laughs> the relationship. It really wasn't uh, like, but it really was just people being nice. It wasn't people trying to get money. Because like you're not gonna be able to change my mind with cookies. Yeah. <laughs> a nice basket of chicken goods. I did get some good gifts. One time I got a bottle, like some people give you a bottle of wine. A nice basket of chicken goods the one time was a pretty impressive one. You bring it home, a nice chicken loaf in there. Yeah. What is that? Uh, some some uh, various, what else can you have with chicken? It's just a whole basket of chicken. I went one time, I went to go, uh, I, I was a customer of the chicken farmer and I went to lunch with him and I ordered like uh, BLT or something like that. Yeah. The guy next to me, he orders like, uh, he works with us too. He orders like a, uh, uh, fucking steak sandwich you know yeah, yeah excuse me and then uh then all of a sudden this chicken farmer he orders chicken and then uh, he says you guys are terrible bankers you didn't even <laughs> order my chicken right was it his chicken at this restaurant no but he says you should support my industry when you're here right 
And uh, I was like, okay, that's a good point. I should probably support your industry, right? And I'll, I, we actually did that. They used to have this uh, show when I was working for the one bank. <clears throat> they had this like trade show for the in, in Tilsonburg, and it was usually for the tobacco industry. Um, and it was dying, you know, like yeah. um, the show was dying, but we still went there. And I had a booth for the one bank, and I told everybody, you can smoke at the show, right? Because it's for the tobacco industry, right? So we were working there for them uh, in the booth and puffing darts the whole time. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> and I didn't know if we could or not, but I know I've seen people smoke at that show. So I just said, hey, we're supporting the industry. Let's let's smoke cigarettes at the booth. Why not? Yeah. That was the 90s, right? You still smoke inside places? Yeah. When I, when I started working at the co-op, um, I had that computer job. Yeah. And you could smoke right at your computer. Sweet. Yeah. What a time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The the controller at the time would smoke a pipe at his computer the whole time, like the accountant or whatever. Nice. Just sit there with a pipe. My, and even at the one bank I worked for, my assistant said when she started, which was a few years before I got there, she said her only job like as an assistant was to uh, empty ashtrays and make coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they like, I don't smoke, but that sounds awesome. I know. I'd be into it. I'd just be like, ah, I'll smell like a secondhand smoke, but this place is rad. It's, it's hazy. Do you think that I think that something's different about the cigarettes because they they didn't used to stink as bad as they do now. Yeah. Even the tobacco farmers say that. Yeah, like you'll save people on smoke breaks, right? <clears throat> they're just sitting at their desk smoking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not wasting their time outside. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you hire a smoker, you're like, well, most of the day this person's gonna be useless. Well, they just have strictly smoking businesses, like track yeah, yeah. smokers. Come smoke inside our business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that pro pro smoking rooms. You should be able to have that. You shouldn't just be saying no smoking anywhere. You should be able to say if you're going to work here. Cigar rooms get away with it. Yeah. Uh, like I went to one in Quebec. It was like a jazz room and cigar room. It was amazing. It smells so good. Yeah. And that's a perfect combination too because a jazz room should be smoky. Yeah. And that's you can't get the same thing with, uh, with a uh, smog machine or whatever it's called. Yeah. A smoke machine. Anyways, we're talking. What are we talking about? Smoke. Oh, okay, was, I'll get back to where my line of jobs they're they're not that exciting really. I, I tried to go for a bunch of temp jobs at factories, which is pretty pretty awful. I've never that. Never done factory work. Never that done was, it. Uh, I didn't do that very long. I actually injured my back, <laughs> not at the job, but like I had to stop doing these labor jobs for a while. And like I was just at work right out of high school for a while, but then I ended up at a job at Battlefield Construction. So I ended up painting giant propane tanks for a whole summer. Like, uh, they sell those huge, tall propane yeah, yeah, yeah. tanks. And you refurbish them? Yep. I scraped them all up and at three different locations. And I got heat stroke. I got attacked by wasps every day. It was uh, it was great. And, uh, I'd, and like, you, you can smell gas when you're out there. Like, oh, yeah. they're coming from something. My boss would always come up just smoking a dart. I'm <laughs> like, back up. Can you please back up? I'm like, it's fine. It's just, red. like, it's just going up into the air. I'm like. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, blow up one day, buddy. Yeah, I don't want to take the chance, man. Yeah, we did. I had to do that with farm equipment, kind of same thing. Yeah, it was because uh, I did. I had my. I never really got paid to work on the farm, so then I would get extra jobs on the side so that I could uh, have spending money. Yeah. And uh, one time I had to go. To this guy he had a farm equipment place, but he would just buy shitty farm equipment, and then I would have to sand it and then uh, paint, and then we spray paint it. Yeah. You know, like with a wire brush, you'd like. You scrape all the old rust off and oh, that's the worst and my uh then my he was paying me five bucks an hour right and then that 
um, my brother, he was underage, so he didn't have to pay him minimum wage. So he gave him like three fifty an hour. Wow. And then he started, he put me doing inventory, which is, was he bought a box, like a, a like a shipping crate of like <laughs> a just junk. And then I had to sort through it, find the part number. And then in a book, I'm like a kid, right? Yeah. It's the most boring job you could ever have. I get, I get cornered in these clerical bullshit jobs yeah all that's time. what the factory temp jobs are like they're just like the same menial task over and over again just looking at shitty rusty greasy parts and yeah it's awful yeah and then uh i got fired because he said he he liked my brother better because my brother's a harder worker and my dad was like well if you're firing my one son you're firing them both yeah because there's no you're only keeping paul because he's cheap you know yeah because he, he said he saw paul paul work the the only good job I got out of temping was working at Toyota, because I had the most menial task there. So they only got temp workers to do it, and that place was sick. Like had a like full on cafeteria, you buy food and like awesome break rooms, and just all I had to do was like look at this wood back panel. Like you open up this SUV, and then there's a compartment, and it's just the wood door that flips up. Yeah. And I just had to inspect that, make sure the wood wasn't warped. And I'd be done it in like an hour. And then they wouldn't give me a new shipment for like three hours. So I'd just go upstairs, watch a movie on my DVD player. <laughs> and like they didn't care. They yeah. were just like, whatever. Just do your job. Whatever it takes. Whatever. As long as it's yeah, done. As long as your job's done. And a robot would bring me my card every day. And really? And you sit there and you just hear ding, 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 ding. Because they all have their own song. So you know what's coming. And I'm just like, here comes my shipment. And just this weird little wheelie robot. Like it's kind of tall, just drops it off and continues on its way. Really it's crazy, yeah. I had no idea. I'd it's be like working. the future, right? Eh? Yeah, they just follow lines on the floor. Yeah, I've, I've seen it on TV. Going. It's still impressive. It blew. There's Indiana. One had an Indiana Jones theme song, and I was easily impressed. You know what's <laughs> also great robots. about? You know what's also great about big place like Toyota? Yeah, is that it's like prison, right? There's so many people in there. You can find like a someone that's you can source everything. You know. Yeah. It's like the greatest big black market there is. And it paid so well, more than any other temp job. But then, it was, of course, a temp job, it ended. And my next one after that was just down the street where I was boxing up salad dressing. Hmm. <laughs> just crates and crates of salad dressing. And that was the saddest job. It was me, like four or five old ladies, and like this like cokehead. And it was like 16-year-old cokehead. We just like we was like freaking out all day. He's like, fucking hate this place. <laughs> fucking hate this place. And all the other ladies, they just talked about, we want to move to the factory next door where they bottle it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, what, it's like what, Willy Wonka's yeah. <laughs> salad dressing over there. Or what's going on? Is there Oompa Loompas? I remember we saw this. Uh, there was this girl. She dated a friend of ours in high school. And she was working at Wendy's, you know, and she was really hot, you know. And then she's working there and she's a little too old to be working at Wendy's, you know, like we were thinking it's just like she's going to be the, doing this forever, you know? Yeah. And then so when we saw her, we were ordering her hamburger. We were like, hey, you still uh, working at Wendy's? She goes, I know I got to I got to do something, do something bigger. You know, I got to get out of here. You know, I, I'm thinking of applying to Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that's just as much ambition as people have sometimes for yeah. work. You know, the bare minimum. They got other <laughs> shit going on, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I never got into the fast food game when I was that age. I had a lot of friends who did. It sounded awful. It's I a felt, hard job, man. Yeah. And I felt like being at a driving range and Sobeys and temp jobs is way easier. But like, yeah, I had a, well, I ended up working battlefield and then Kodiak boot warehouse, just, just a warehouse job. It sucked. But then 
this is when I was going to school. I finally got to go tree planting. Oh, Someone yeah. convinced me to go tree planting. I did that too. A guy I went to school with, and I, uh, I went with him. So you're like 19? Yeah, I would have been 19 or 20. Yeah, 20. Oh, yeah, I was 19 too. When I, or I was 19 when I went, I think. If, after first year. Yeah. And then, uh, so we were but yeah, right around the same age. Yeah. But yeah, that was a wild time. That changed my life. I, uh, Where did you go for that? That was in Alberta. It was uh, a place called Hinton. It oh. was just outside of Jasper, about you know hour and a half from Jasper. So you're right on the edge of those mountains. It was oh. incredible. But yeah, we were working down these really crazy long like logging roads and oil roads. Yeah. That just all look the same. There's no street signs. So like. Oh yeah. And uh, they go on forever. Yeah. You're like driving for like an hour into on a logging road into nothing. You're yeah, like, how you is did, this so big? Yeah, because you did this. You did yeah. in Ontario, though, right? Yeah. But it looks it, it look, looks the same. Besides the mountains, yeah. I saw. It like was, it's it's ma- like how vast it was. I couldn't believe. Like I couldn't imagine. And then and knowing that um, that's how much of Canada is like that. Just this. fast bush like there's so much of it and like living out there like that blew my mind i've camped in my life but i've never had to just like yeah camp for like two months straight in like an abandoned gravel pit somewhere in the middle of the woods yeah that's crazy we yeah we moved to a few of them but it was always an abandoned gravel pit area because it was enough to fit our encampment because did you guys have like big tents for the like food or anything no we totally um totally locked out the the first two weeks, I was at a motel, oh, in wow. in Massey, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, it had a kitchenette. Yeah. And then the second, uh, for the balance of my eight weeks, I was in uh, Blind River uh, at a, at this hunting uh, or fishing camp. Man, you lucked out. So it was a it was a cottage, it was a like a rustic cottage. It had like tons of mice in it, and they would they would go right in your sleeping bag. But I slept like in a double bed yeah. in the upstairs of this thing with a uh, with a black guy, um, and I used to just have to roll over and like whisper in his ear. It's, <laughs> it's four o'clock, Mike. Let's get up and go. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. Well, I, I had uh, at least you didn't have bears sniffing your head on the other side of a tent at night. Oh my God, man! That's what I mean. Like, Elk and moose and just everything walking past my tent. I put it in the worst place. We, because uh, like I said. There's a main encampment. We got a, like a big tent to dry all our clothes, keep all our wet stuff and our work clothes. Then we got the the food tent and then the dining tent. And then everyone just surrounds the the area in the woods like they just put their tents up really close. But like I found a creek, like a 5-minute walk down this little path. And I'm like this is way better. So I put it next to this creek. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a girl, she put hers on the other side of the creek and a few other scattered people like Beautiful scene. You can see the mountains and meadow and everything. Like this started good, but like every night you can hear it was the watering hole for a lot of animals. Cause I just wake up to just something huge walking past my tent. Like you can just feel it in the ground, and I'm thinking like it's a moose and it's gonna get caught in my ant, like my tarp and oh, stuff, yeah. and I'd freak out. Something was sniffing my tent the one night, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I can hear. Sounded like wolves or, do- or coyotes or something swimming around in the creek. It was wild. And it was hard to sleep, honestly. Like, yeah. I would because it, it was hard work, tree planting. Yeah. But, like, I'd wake up pretty terrified sometimes. It's Dude, that's hardcore. Like, that's one of the things that I kind of like, I lucked out on. The bad part was that they were the absolute worst 
ground that there was left like anything that so yeah. we were in really terrible ground to yeah, plant we them. were too i had no idea because it was my first year yeah like, you, you were probably the same one yeah yeah i didn't realize till like because we had different people coming on and off the crew did you have that yeah it's like just random gypsy tree planters right yeah like, all these people do it every year and these pro guys came in and they saw the land we're doing like this is shit yeah yeah like, I don't know any better. Yeah. They're telling me the wonders of British Columbia, like how it's all flat. And Do they call it cream? Cream, yeah, 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 that's right. That's what they call it too. Like I only saw cream at the end, but we'd hear about cream from the guy we worked for, and he goes, uh, "The cream's only going to go to the the guys at the top because yeah. why would I waste the cream on people that are going to be swat mosquitoes all day or whatever, you know?" Yeah. And um, so, like, I went to the. Uh, I, I was really uh, ambitious. I wanted to get the cream, you know, because uh, I knew you could plant way more on those and then make actually make some money. Yeah. yeah I didn't make money until like the last, I was there for two months, maybe the last month, last three weeks, I actually made proper income, not just paying off camp fees and like. <laughs> well, the cock I worked for, yeah. he would uh, bet us trees afterwards. We played guts and he would like try, he taught us the game guts. The to, card game? It's a, like a poker game, kind of. And uh, he would like basically try to um, win the trees that he owed us back again, so he didn't have to pay us. You know, there was people that please ball there. Yeah, hey, yeah, he was a, he was terrible, alcoholic and stuff. I used to always want to go out in the truck before he woke up. You know, he, yeah. the guy's a piece of shit. His brother uh, was an NHL referee too. That's another great story I had when I was tree planting. There was this Italian guy. I would work. I worked hard to try to get get be near the top. This Italian guy all of a sudden near the end started like catching me like he was really it was neck and neck. It was either me or him every day. This Italian guy from Hamilton. And then uh, so at the very end, they finally had a few more trays of trees and you have to go. Um, they, they get to the top four tree planters. They said, go take a case of beer and yeah, the, yeah. And these trees and go out to this area and, and just get rid of the last of them, you know. And uh, so we went out there and did that. And uh, as the Italian guy just goes, well, let's just find uh, like an old. Uh, fallen tree and just like dump them in the roots you know yeah so we don't have to plant any of them and i'm like what are you talking about like i like it never occurred to me you know and then he goes you know like you don't really you didn't really plant all those trees did you and i'm like <laughs> yeah i did i yeah. planted every single one of them he's like oh i i could never have planted that oh, many i trees. wouldn't cheat like i was such a hippie about it too that's probably why i sucked because i made sure every tree was in there good yeah i wanted to live so slow my hands were just freaking just scraped up completely. Yeah, my hands were fucked, too. Oh. I had to duct tape each finger every single day because my gloves, I couldn't get the proper grasp with the gloves, but if I duct tape my fingers up. I was the same so, way because we had a lot of rock, too. Yeah. And with the gloves, you it was too bulky, and you wouldn't be able to get it in there to get all the roots tucked. And if you got any roots that are showing, it would uh, oh, yeah. kill the, the tree when I'd always well. get a rock right in the finger. Right in, it's just... Oh. You'd be not, yeah, right when you're getting a good groove going too, and you're just like, oh, you just throw your shovel as far as you can, scream. Yeah. But uh, I, I love that. It just, it made me feel so alive out there because I've never done anything that crazy. And just having to shit in the woods was new. It like, I got so good at it. We'd always fuck with each other. You know, like you'd see someone coming down a line, you can tell where he's going to come. So you just shit right on a mound where he's got to put his shovel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go right in his ditch, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great move. I never thought to do that. You want to, one time I had a job, what was, uh, when I was in university, I, I came home for Christmas and my friend got me a job at this greenhouse, right? Me and my friend are working there 
He, he got me and another friend of mine a job there. Yeah. And all we had to do was dig holes, uh, fill them with cement, and then we had to dig another big hole, and we had to put a tank in there and then then dig fill the hole back in. It was like Cool Hand Luke, if you ever watched that movie. It was just no. digging holes and filling them back in. <laughs> so uh, it was a pointless job. It was terrible, right? Like yeah. menial labor. We're just doing it for a few extra bucks to pay for Christmas presents. And uh, so me and my friend are just like, we would just, uh, you know, like, play games to pass the time, shoot the shit and stuff. And then uh, one time he goes into the washroom, right? And when he went into the washroom, it was they had a Windex bottle. It was like a lemon-scented Windex, you know? Yep. And uh, it was about about a quarter full. And he uh, was washing the, the mirror. And uh, when he, the guy the guy comes out of the bathroom, he's, uh, he's grinning ear to ear, you know, <laughs> just giggling to himself. He had... Uh, the thing was filled right to the top that Windex bottle you oh, know, when he left because <laughs> he uh, pissed in it right oh, to nice. the t- <laughs> and that made it all worthwhile for him. And at that same greenhouse, there's this guy. He was a real animal lover, right? And then uh, another guy that was working there, he he uh, finds this rabbit, you know, <laughs> and the rabbit's actually uh, was dead, you know. He was a passed away rabbit, you know. Yeah. But uh, this guy comes in with the rabbit in his arm, and he's like pe- pretending that he's petting it, you know. And he goes, hey, to the animal lover guy, he's like, hey, uh, um, look at this, look what I found, you know, this bunny, <laughs> bunny. And when the guy's like, oh, look, and he's coming closer. And then the guy pretends it bit him, and then he just throws it onto the ground, <laughs> the dead rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, the animal lover guy was going to kill him. Like, he comes flying out of it. <laughs> and the guy just has to defend himself like this. He goes, it was already dead. It was already dead. <laughs> I'm like, it's still sick, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just a PETA warrior coming yeah. at him. <laughs> It's funny, man. The, the just the, the yahoos you get to work with, it, and the stuff like hell yeah, it, that's some of the most fun parts yeah. about working shit jobs. Yeah. I've worked them like even now as a gr- as a grown up, I I'll still like I build houses with my brother. I was like I build decks, uh, yeah. you know, like I'll do. If someone needs me to like work a day in tobacco harvest, even now, I would I would gladly do it yeah. for them because it's like fun. Always up for a new experience. That's yeah, for sure. What have you not done yet? That you th- would oh, there's like lots of stuff I haven't done. <laughs> well, do you have anything on like the top of the list of like a that job I'd that like you're to do that you're curious, so curious about that you 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 would really like to give it a shot? I've never worked on like a proper farm or, an, or any farm really. Oh, really? Like that's something I kind of wanted to do when I was in Australia. Like just uh, as a farmhand, work work for stay, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, they feed you, you get a bed. But like we looked at a few, but we just you know we we. We sent out a few messages. We never really ended up getting at one. We got to stay with a few people who were like had their own sustaining garden and like just had all their own electricity, like with solar panels and all their own water and like grew all most of their own food, which yeah. is pretty cool. But like I've never worked on like a like a farm. Like I don't mean like a crazy big cattle farm, like or yeah. anything like that. Like a multifunctional farm. You got tons of produce, maybe a bunch of different animals. Yeah, yeah. I've worked on like a lot of different kinds of farms. I worked on uh, my very first off tobacco farm job was a uh, strawberry picking. Yeah. Uh, I was six years old. My parents dropped me off the strawberry patch. And then you get this card. It's like a little like a credit card, but it's just a piece of paper. And it's got like a hole punch. They could come up with a hole punch. And if you would hand in a flat of strawberries, you know, a flat. Yeah. Then uh, they give you an eight. They'd punch out an eight. But then near the end, because you might have leftovers, there'd be like fours and twos and stuff like that. So yeah. if you had, a, but most of them are eights. So they just punch out the flats, right? 
my eights would never be punched out. It would always be the twos and the fours. And then they'd be like, come on, Pete, you got to get one eight or whatever. <laughs> Cause I would spend all day eating strawberries and throwing them at my sister. You know, there was no, there was, I was six. Yeah. There's no way I was going to yeah. work. <laughs> they were, my parents were dropping me off basically to be babysat in someone's strawberry field. You know, that's what it was. The, was old, dip, the old strawberry patch babysitter, right? Yeah. I've picked strawberries. I've picked uh, cherries, blueberries. I've, uh, I've done ginseng. I've I've worked in uh uh oh I've uh, done uh cash crop like yeah. uh, corn beans and wheat. And then when I was in banking cuz I did mostly agricultural accounts, I I didn't work in the business themselves. I haven't done any livestock. Like I never I don't know anything about livestock, just horticulture. Yeah. Uh, but but when I was uh, working at the bank in agriculture, they uh there was a bunch of dairy goats uh farmers. And no one really cared about the dairy goat business. So then I just took it upon myself to learn about the dairy goat business so I could yeah. uh, help those guys. And uh, turns out I became the dairy goat expert for a while. I knew a lot about dairy goats. So it's, it's something you never know where you're going to need that information again, right? <laughs> yeah. If you ever have a question about dairy goats, I know surprisingly more than you yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, that's just useless information that I've got locked in forever now, you know? But it. Uh, yeah, I've kind of I want to grow my own, I want to learn how to grow all that food, but also I guess culinary. I've been really interested in Netflix, all those damn cooking shows. Yeah, it just yeah. got me hooked, right? And uh and my girlfriend, she lo- she's big on restaurants and she really researches everywhere we go. So we always end up somewhere awesome and I'm just starting to pay a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. And then when we were in Australia, that was the first time I ever had to work at a restaurant in the kitchen and so I'm like did but, you like it? Yeah, I liked it. It was uh, it was crazy. It was super busy at some points, but like I learned a lot. Do you have a always have to have a chief in the kitchen? Yeah, there's there's the head chef, and then there's the I don't know the proper term, but there's the like a hierarchy, and, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I started on dishes, made my way to like the on the line, and then like afternoon shifts that were slow, I would just be in there by myself. I'd cook everything. Yeah, I loved it. Like, even though most of it was pretty easy food, like kind of nicer pub food. Yeah. Still, I'm like, I I could do this. I really got into cooking. But yeah, I love uh, it. That's something, you know, I see that down the line, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, even even down at the other end of this hallway, maybe. Yeah. The kitchen down there. Yeah. yeah, Let's start here. Yeah, that's right. I do already make my own hot sauce. Well, uh, but uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I used to make salsa. That can, can that can kind of be matched up with your hot sauce ventures. Yeah. And I also, um, f- as far as uh, the kitchen goes, the only thing I've done in food service is uh, one time I worked for the Wayne Gretzky celebrity uh, uh, baseball game. Yeah. And it wasn't for the game. I worked at the reception afterwards. So it was like a big dinner, and they had like the head stage of like all the different celebrities. Shannon Doherty was there, and Alan Thick, and uh, <laughs> that's Kurt pretty awesome. Browning, yeah, Gordy Howe. Uh, so a bunch of uh, different people uh, were there, and then uh, I remember my job was to be a busboy, so I just had to clean up the tables and shit like that. And my friend got me the job, so we afterwards backstage, uh, you could eat. We could eat the leftovers, right? Yeah. And then they didn't ask us to leave. So then we just stayed and drank and danced with all the people that were there. It was great. I got wasted. I was 17 years old. Um, I got to hang out with Wayne Gretzky, his wife. Wow. She came back she's and, a babe, too, isn't she? Oh, and she's a sweet lady, too. Yeah, she yeah. was actually real nice. And I didn't even know it the one time, but I was, like, really sweating buckets. <laughs> so uh, there was a stand-up fan 
and I was, uh, you know, just clearing tables and stuff. And then I, I was like, I needed to cool off. So I kind of, there's a guy kind of like uh, airing himself out by the fan, yeah. but he had been there for quite a while. So I kind of like walked beside him and started making him uncomfortable. So we'd move over so I could get a go at it too. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it turned out it was Wayne Gretzky. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> He was hilarious. Nice. He was nice about it too because he knew he noticed I was working, so he's like, "Oh, you need it more than I do." And then yeah, it's so like it was like that kind of a thing. So real nice, like uh, that's awesome. And uh, we got uh, my friend who got me the job. She ended up getting to um, sling drinks in the back backstage where all the celebrities were hanging out. Oh yeah, yeah, it was cool. You know, I saw um, I, sh- I saw one of the celebrities who uh, I thought was gay. Um, who? uh i'll tell you it was i thought it was it was kurt browning who's kurt browning the figure skater oh okay you know ball guy he does like mm, commercials now. i don't know figure skating that well yeah what commercials does he do i don't know something about figure skating <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm missing Anyways, those commercials <laughs> he's a figure skater and so i i think that's why i probably assumed maybe that he had he had liked the fellas but he but he uh he 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 was with this uh very attractive woman. I can imagine you could score some ladies figure skating. It's oh yeah, an impressive sport. Oh yeah, women love it. Yeah, they yeah. love that sport, especially in the states. Yeah. They're really big on figure skating. They love it. I've they love it more than hockey. Yeah, it's impressive. I've never understood it, but you know, go for it. Yeah, I don't like. Uh, this is what I don't understand: figure skating, dancing, and cheerleading. <laughs> I don't understand any of them. I don't understand. I understand like dancing if you're like drunk. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dancing should only be when you're drunk. Yeah. It should not be your profession. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. Save, save it for the drunk floor. Right? Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's entertainment is watching a drunk guy dance, not <laughs> whatever Swan yeah. Lake is. Well, I, I met, I've met a lot of celebrities at different levels because I used to work in TV commercials and I used to work on uh, some TV shows at the time in Toronto. So I had some fun experiences with. Uh, with celebrities i think the biggest one is um what's his name he's he's english i, I should have wrote his name down before i did this what's he in he's in batman he's the he's the chief gary oldman gary oldman yeah, yeah absolutely yeah oh wow he well he's in toronto shooting a movie i'm good at that game by the way uh, what name the celebrity yeah oh you're gonna help me then because I'm, I'm terrible oh yeah, yeah i'm really good at it and his i don't know i always mix him up with someone else was well, definitely gary oldman and we're working on a cell phone commercial for Britain because I guess he's a spokesman for it. Mm-hmm. And they had to shoot it in Toronto because he's in Toronto shooting a movie. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know that much about it. But like, like take this wardrobe over to the hotel. He needs to try it on. Okay. And then like I roll this rack through this like fancy hotel and like up to the floor. I'm just like trying to find the number, knocking the door. They just kind of rush me in with the rack and I get it right there and I'm standing there. And I just look. I don't even like realize it, but Gary Oldman's just like unchanging right next to me, just trying things on. I'm like, it took me a while to just kind of clue in. I'm like, oh, I, I don't need to be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is that all you need? And I just back away. But then I <laughs> later on, I saw him like at the studio we were working at. It's just like there some cheesy jazz bands playing, and he's pretending he's really into it it's for a cell phone commercial. I don't know. Yeah. But at one point, like I'm in the, the craft area and uh, I'm just eating some soup. And then he just comes in by himself and he just gets some soup, too. Like this is between his takes, I guess. Yeah. yeah. 
So we're both standing there just eating soup, just kind of nodding. I'm just like, it's good soup, eh? It's like, it's not not bad. I got to get the recipe. Like, I didn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, whenever I meet celebrities, I don't want to talk about them or movies. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't know how to interact. I'm exactly the same way. I'm, I am I never want a fanboy about anybody ever. Yeah. Like, I would never, that would be the worst, you know, if I catch myself doing something yeah. like that. And you could tell, like, as soon as I started talking about how good the soup is, he could tell. He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went with it. He's like, all right. We're well, both uncomfortable. <laughs> when we went on our honeymoon, um, my wife and I, we were at the airport in Toronto, and uh, we're getting ready to catch our flight, and there was other people waiting to get on the same flight, and it turns out uh, the one lady was Chantel Kraviatsik. You know her? Oh, yeah. And her husband, Rain Maid, or, uh, or whatever, from Our Lady Peace. Yeah. And so they're on the same flight as us, so they're we're in the airport. Now, my wife has all three of Chantel Kraviatsik's albums that she had at the time. Yeah. She had them in her collection. She would listen to them. She was a big fan. She's seen her perform before, paid tickets to watch her perform. She's in the airport. It's like, you know, five in the morning. People don't look their best, you know? Yeah. Like they're more in their comfies and stuff. And uh, so Jane strikes up a conversation with this lady, and they're talking for a while. Uh, the rock star boyfriend is avoiding me, you know, yeah, like yeah. as I'm avoiding. <laughs> and I clue in right away. I recognize both of these people. Like, uh, I clue in right away, and I'm just trying to be, like, not yeah. ruin it. I'm like, how is Jane so together? Because I've seen her. <laughs> like, she had no idea who she's talking to at all. She's just having a regular conversation with her. And then afterwards, I told her, like, as we were leaving, yeah. like, do you know what that was? And then she said no. And then I then I told her, and then she made made us go back and get a picture. And I just, yeah. like, we ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we another guy we got to work with was Jamie Oliver. Oh, yeah. The chef. Yeah, yeah, I like to make he, a chef. He endorses Sobeys, right? Yeah, so yeah. He, uh, he was doing a Sobeys commercial, and I got a laugh out of him because uh, I was in the main production trailer talking to my boss, and then he comes in to talk to the producer. He just jumps in, and he's, like, saying hello to everyone. He sees me. He's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, are you running craft services today? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I got I got a laugh out of him. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's It was fun. Yeah. yeah. You ate soup with Gary Oldman, eh? Yeah. Eating soup with Gary Oldman is a good name for this episode. Thank eating soup with Gary Oldman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. this might have to be a two-parter, man. I've yeah. I've only gotten halfway through this list. Really? Oh yeah, it just keeps going, man. Go like fire some out, like just go like random, like go. Uh, yeah, you or you pick. Can one. I do? Yeah. Okay, let me see here. We did driver Sobeys, Temp Joe's, Battlefield. Battlefield. What's Battlefield? That's the construction company. I work oh, okay, for. yeah. Painted propane tanks. Um, commercials. Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. I used I. I worked for the LCBO for a Johnny Walker campaign, and I had to uh, audition like I was an actor, which I wasn't an actor, but it was a Craigslist job. Oh, yeah? It was actually the same Craigslist job that got me the reality show, The Right Hand, right. which is a whole other... There are episodes of this. We probably don't have to get into that. But it's still quite... That's oh, like yeah. the most... But that is the same week that I found this job on Johnny Walker, Craigslist. Johnny Walker and The Right Hand in the same week. Yeah. And but, you, you auditioned and got the role. Yeah, I had to go in with a Scottish accent and basically read this script. It was like a Johnny Walker commercial. You have this guy doing this long script. I'm just like, Johnny Walker. I, I, I did it perfectly in the audition <laughs> yeah. and like got the part. So I had to go to the LCBOs in this crazy suit that they rented for me, like dressed to the, like just like Johnny Walker, yeah. like top hat. Had a cane with a flask. You can unscrew a flask in it, but yeah. they wouldn't let me put booze in it. 
And I just wandered around the LCBO harassing people. <laughs> and this was around like the outskirts of GTA. There's like some parts where like you're, there's like a lot of Middle Eastern people. And like they just had no idea what I was doing or what my point was. Yeah. Because yeah. we had like a booth in the corner, but they wanted me to just go out there and talk to people. Yeah. So I just come up to strangers like, excuse me, Sean, would you like to try some Johnny Walker? <laughs> like, come with me. He's like, oh, no, sir. No, thank you. He's like, I'm driving. I'm like, oh, couldn't get a mouse drunk. Just a tea bit. Let's go. <laughs> just like take him to the table and people just thought I was nuts. But like I I kept losing the accent. I just been like, excuse me, sir, can you come help me with Johnny Walker? <laughs> like I or I'd sound Australian out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It was bouncing everywhere. But uh I <laughs> it was two nineteen year old girls working the booth and mm. then just me. So we were just sneaking shots all day. We didn't care. Yeah. We just go to the back room after every time and just finish off the, the sample bottle we had out there. And I like the one time I was on my way back, always put the suit away because it's very expensive. But I got so shit faced. I just like hopped on the bus dressed as Johnny Walker, <laughs> took that, had to get on the subway back to my back to my place. I, that was great. I I got a lot of good looks. Oh, and before we could talk about the right hand, I, the whale watching. Whale watching. Yeah. Whale watching. Have you done that uh, more than once? Two years. Oh, two different years. Yeah. Two two different companies, two different years, same town. It's uh, Pleasant Bay in Cape Britain, Nova Scotia. Uh-huh. It's uh, a lot of my family's from there, so I got a job as my dad's cousin. He owns a very popular business down there for whale watching, so I got a job as a, a guide on his boat. I knew nothing about whales, so they threw me a few books. <laughs> yeah. Learned a bit about whales. I've never been a, a, like good at speaking in front of crowds or done anything like that before, so... That was before like, before stand up then yeah like before I ever did stand up this is probably my introduction to stand up oh yeah at least doing it I've always loved stand up but this is my first chance to yeah you know do something similar yeah like I had to make stupid whale jokes all the time it's like these are known as the pothead whales because not because they swim around all day smoking seaweed it's just mm-hmm. like stupid shit like that oh I love that crap man that's why I wanted to apply to film school and then my dad talked me out of it and I didn't know what to do. So then I just was like, the only other thing I could think of that I wanted to do was run the jungle boat at Disney World <laughs> because uh, you got to tell shitty jokes and then like uh, basically yeah. be sarcastic about the whole th- experience. It was the best. You know, I, I loved just, it. I, yeah, I just talked to people all day and so, some days I got pretty high because there's another guy in the marina there. Every time I'd in between tours, I just he'd, he'd been wave me over and just smoke a little joint in the bushes there and I just go back to work for another tour. <laughs> You do tours, you've done tours for other tours, like yeah, Quebec City um, and stuff like that? Yeah, that was a different tour company out of Toronto. They go from Toronto to the East Coast, back to Toronto. And how do you how do you qualify for a job like that? I don't know. <laughs> you just apply? And well, then... I had the whale watching experience. Oh. I have, living on the East Coast, I lived there for two summers, and I've just always traveled out there my whole life. Yeah. So I knew a lot of the route and uh, interesting places. We actually stopped in Pleasant Bay on that that tour, which is great. Yeah, I got them to extend it because like they just thought there's whale watching, but there's all this other crazy stuff just in the town, like hiking and there's like a Buddhist monastery and so. Oh really? Yeah. So I extended it so we can stay there longer, but doing that was incredible. I got to see the what, a lot of the country and. What's the most? What was the most uh, common whales? Was it were they the pothead whales or where did you? Yeah, pilot whales. They're like small black ones are related to like killer whales kind of. Oh, yeah. And uh, they'd always come there in the summer to feed on mackerel and squid. They travel up from like the Caribbean all mm-hmm. the way up there. And uh, 
Yeah, most su- some summers it's crazy. Like there's every everywhere you look, you can see pods in them. And other summers, like you, you spend the whole day looking for them. Cause, oh yeah, like, it's different. It like it all depends on how the mackerel run and like how their food source is moving. Yeah, it depends on where they go, and that's changing a lot too. Yeah, yeah, I guess crazy. so. Because I had re- we had researchers on the boat with us, like two students. So they taught me uh, quite a lot about whales and like their their behavior and how things are changing out there. And right, right. But uh, yeah, I dealt with a lot of people puking <laughs> yeah. on those boats. You get to that's the thing when you're doing a tour, you get to see things like on a repetitive basis, yeah, three times a day, every day, as long as the weather was good. And the to each one of those people who are doing it, it's the kind of like a once in a lifetime thing for them. Yeah. And they don't have a clue what's going to happen. You know exactly what's going to happen. Not always. Like I was, I loved it because you never really knew what you were going to come across sometimes. Like, but as far as you know, you've been on enough of them that you knew if the conditions were just a certain way. Yeah. That, uh, and the person's eating an egg salad sandwich. Oh, that kind of, you know, yeah. And washing it down. <laughs> with a gallon of milk there's a good chance this guy's gonna need a bag and a few I, saw, I literally saw that it was an asian family before they got they're passing around a jug of milk and eating white bread <laughs> before they got on the boat i'm like why and i look at the captain i'm like better get your rain gear out <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. gonna be a wild one and it was yeah most of them puked and uh i spotted a mile away every time and like i don't know why people deny it yeah you're just gonna make a mess of yourself and the boat like you, you just get this look on their face, and I can see him from across the boat, and I just point at him. I'm like, "You want a bag, buddy?" He's like, "I'm fine." And I'm like, "I'm gonna give you a bag, because <laughs> yeah. it's gonna happen in less than a minute." <laughs> yeah, it's always on a boat, and and in one of those like, if you're like going out with an uh, some jet fighter guy, yeah. like in the Air Force. Oh yeah, those guys will make you puke. Too. Oh, I did that. I uh, you did it for the right hand, actually, for the right hand. Really, that was a stunt they wanted me to do in the season two. They wanted me to do something crazy in Vegas, so they found these crazy stunt pilots. Because I told them I was fri- uh, like I was terrified of flying, so they thought it would be funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they took these crazy little planes out, these j- former jet fighters, and they just did every move they can think of. Did you puke? I puked twice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hard to do when you're like going through G-forces and like you have to tell them for a second. Just be like, hold on. I can't puke upside down. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's I'd like pushing tie- it back into your face. But right? like I successfully puked in a bag, tied it off, put it in one of my big pockets they gave me, one of the crazy suits. Mm-hmm. And like I almost passed out. And I'm doing this thinking because the one of the porn stars, Jackie Daniels, is in the other. And I'm thinking she's doing all of this. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, keep keep doing more moves, finding out that she didn't she dated one barrel roll and then they turned back. Yeah, <laughs> but they don't tell you that because no, they, they want to see how. Me. <laughs> yeah, you were like they treated you like uh, Ricky Gervais treats that um, Carl Pilkington. Carl Pilkington, absolutely, yeah. they did. They they just yeah they knew the right situations to throw me in to be entertaining. But that's it. That's gonna be fun for you too, then, right? Yeah, it was fun because like, you don't know what. But like, did you have a limit? Did you have something you could say no to? Yeah, mostly was fucking the porn stars. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> always, well, they always wanted it to naturally occur, but I'm just like, yeah, I know, I know that's your goal, but like, that's where I'm, st- that's where I stand, that's where I stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, they would like that would have been ideal for them, eh? Yeah, yeah. Even the girls picked up. Uh, we got along so well, like they didn't, you know, they yeah, didn't yeah. want to. They it didn't have it. that energy, yeah. right? Yeah, we all got along. We we're all buddies. It was great, right? right. You work together. Absolutely, we're yeah. coworkers. 
That is a, something that it seems like from a, like a macho dude perspective that you would that would be a difficult thing to accomplish when there's all this like uh, sex going on so close to you, right? Yeah, it was weird. Like, cause I got the job as the production assistant because I was out of film school, so I brought film school techniques with me. Like, I yeah. made sure lighting was well and like um the framing's good on the camera and everything. And it, I didn't realize framing and camera work is totally different on a porn set than what I'd imagined. Like, they want you to get right in there. Oh, right. So I'm, like, having to watch a few of these guys, what they did, before uh, they let me go on camera. But and, you're saying, I would, you, yeah, because normally you wouldn't want that sort of and a I super would, close. Yeah, because, like, and I would find myself in ridiculous situations. Like, I'm standing on top of, like, four girls and two guys. Just, like, look like they're playing Twister. And I'm standing in between them with a camera. And you're you're just, you're really concentrating on the shot at that oh, I'm point. I'm concentrating on the shot, but then, like, I'll just like pull back in my mind and just re- look at the crazy scene I'm in yeah. right now. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you get into this? Now, how, that? And uh, I you, just laugh at it though. Yeah. yeah. That's got it. That's just such a fun experience. How, uh, how old were you then? About 22, 22, oh, 23. Jeez, man. What a move. Yeah. You must think you have a really charmed life though. At this point in time, they're like, that was because that's not something I was ever after. Yeah, like yeah. I said, that was from Craigslist. I found it. They wanted, they're looking for someone to work as a production assistant for this porn star, and they wanted to make it a show. And like, like I knew I wanted to do something with comedy. I haven't started stand up yet. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my friends were making sketches and stuff. Me and Tyler Shaftsma. Yeah. Living in Toronto, he's also in the show. So you, when you get him on there, uh, on here, you'll have to get him to tell some stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your other friend uh, too was on the show, right? Yeah, my friend Jeff, Jeff. was on. Yeah. And uh, that they. Uh, the, did Jeff go to L.A. as well? No, no. Only Tyler went to L.A. Oh, yeah. That was a time. Was was a time. It, so were there two seasons of that? Two seasons. But I was only in two episodes in the second. And they oh, replaced yeah. me with some guy who was all gung-ho to do everything. The dynamic didn't work anymore. And even now, you say you still get recognized for that, uh, that role? No, sometimes? not not really. Not oh, but back in rarely. the day. When it was starting to come out, it was happening in like weird places. Like restaurants, it would happen. Um airports yeah. was the weirdest one airport employees it wasn't people at the airport yeah it was always like some like the tsa you know, baggage guy. guy coming up and like yo right hand man yeah it's like okay cool right on but one time i was working on a it was some production in toronto but i'm just transport i'm driving these camera guys around and i have to take them to the toronto airport and i helping them with their bags and stuff they don't know about this show i like i've done this show it's on TV now, but I'm still doing normal productions right, in right. Toronto. And uh, next thing you know, this old Indian security guard comes up. He's like, you're, you're Brendan? You're the right hand? You're the right hand? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Can take, he's taking pictures with me. And yeah. this crew is just standing there looking at him like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to like quickly explain it to them before I left. And then I did it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that is a thing. I think that's the nature of how things are now. I, I, I think like back in the olden days, um, there was four channels and you could, and there was yeah. like t- 20 people that were famous yeah, and it, everybody knew those 20 people this or whatever. wasn't like a hit. It was like a cult hit. Cause it was, it's like, you know, soft porn that comes on on the movie network. Yeah. It was like one of those kind of porny reality shows that came on before that. It so wasn't like, even softcore though. It was hardcore porn at that time. Oh, oh, was there? Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember a story my, um, where, um, my, uh, my dad's, uh, at home watching the movie network in Canada, and at midnight, it would switch to hardcore pornography. Oh wow! And uh, and he's babysitting 
a young, my young niece, nieces at the time, they're like babies, right? And then my sister and her husband come home. They, they go to pick up their, their kids who are sleeping on the, on the living room floor, and there's hardcore pornography <laughs> on the television, right? And then my, my dad wakes up going, I was watching the Green Mile. I was watching the Green Mile. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful of that movie network yeah, yeah. I, i'd catch my mom yeah she'd be falling asleep i'd walk out there the family business is on yeah yeah it's like a bunch of fake tits and just on screen I'm yeah. like, hey mom what are you watching yeah <laughs> we, just, we just fell asleep i promise yeah, was... yeah the uh no i never got you know recognized in the street that much another per- yeah the airport like i said yeah you happened. guys uh you you were saying you didn't mean to do it like it, it wasn't something you ever had an ambition to no do. It just i just saw the ad and i just went and i never thought i'd get it and like, even in your job that you have now like you have a career as in silver drop media yeah um and you've and this has been what you've went to your schooling for it's uh, yeah you've, went to film school and yeah I've just been a freelancer mostly me and tyler so we just both yeah why, why not team up and go pro right? yeah and you guys have been doing it now for for long enough that you've really got yeah. you know you know quite a bit Work of uh, expertise time. that you've built over the years you know so that being said that job because it's self-controlled because it's you and tyler that are able to uh, you know make the decisions there yeah you can you're still allowed to be open to other alternatives as they come up you know yeah. so like a thing that you uh, don't uh, really want want to do or have any ambition to do but if it just popped up as an opportunity you could still be able to move on that opportunity, right? That's right. Is that an important uh, factor for yeah, you? Yeah, I your... like to always stay open to something. Like I am, like, feel like I need to slow down. I've been traveling. Like I went to Australia, and I I've just moved around a lot in the last ten years, doing a lot of different things, and I finally got to slow down. But like, f- yeah, but find good things where I am. Yeah, you yeah. are right. Like I I want to stay open to anything that'll come along because, I don't know, that's how hobbies work, right? Like I always. Like I trust my gut, I guess. But whenever, so- whenever weird things just like all these great random crazy jobs just fell into my life in some weird way, and that never thought I'd get it, you know. Yeah. Like the when I got my uh, tr- job traveling around Canada, that's I was struggling in Toronto, thinking I'm like I need to find a job because I need I want money so I can road trip around the East Coast this summer, and that's literally the job I got. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just popped up one day tyler sent it to me that's crazy that's i i I honestly not to sound too hippie about this stuff but um it really is like when i was in my rut of doing banking for 15 years and i was just not like i I was miserable because i knew that i could i i didn't want to be doing one thing forever the thought of me being there for 30 years or 35 years and getting a gold watch at the end I said, if I, if I'm at, if you're at my retirement party and they're presenting me with that watch, I'm going to put a bullet in my head as I, well, after I get the watch, you know, like immediately. Yeah. Cause I've failed in life. Cause I've failed in life. If I make <laughs> yeah, it through you buy your own watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do not want to get a goddamn watch. I don't want to be rewarded for my career. I don't want a retirement party like that. I want to know that I got out of here before on my own terms when I wanted to, you know, Yeah. I use them rather than them using me, you know? And, uh, and I'm glad that I got out because it was. If you have that attitude, you are a shitty employee. You're like yeah. a polluted employee. There are people that actually take comfort and have like like they they like the routine. The they like uh, taking comfort in the fact they've become experts at something and they know how to do it really well. They 
they found comfort. It's like everything they found stability, and like some people just they need that. Like chaos, they I don't know. That's just how they were brought up, or just you know, that's how they see the world works. But but you're you're not like that. No, like I'd love, (laughs) I want my own form of stability. But like, yeah, I can't I can't settle down. I always I'm always staying curious. I got to go out. And the thought of chaos is exciting to you, right? Absolutely. Like, to, for like me I, as well. I always try and keep a good balance yeah, yeah. <laughs> between the two. Like, it's that's what it's about, right? But chaos is like adventure, you know. Yeah. That's the thing. You know that if it's if it's uh if you mess things up somehow or you do something that's uh has no you have no reason to do or that you just feel like it feels good, then that uh, is gonna be uh, an adventure. You yeah. know, where you go get a job, you know what your benefits are, you know what your um, to me, that's like a, it's it's like responsible, yeah. But it's absolutely like a, sure there's a lot more security there. But I don't really think about that stuff that much. Yeah, but it just deadens you on the it deadens me on the inside. It it makes me feel like I'm not taking advantage of so many different. Th- the world's full of a million things to do. Why would you just do one thing? Yeah, you know, like I can't, I can't imagine. See, that's where that the the theory where universal income, you know. If uh, all our jobs are taken by automated machines and just, uh, you know, there's going to be less people in the workforce, then they need to sit, get some kind of income. So the universal income and then people will have time to go out and do whatever they want to do and they'll have money for it. They can still have, you know, this little side job, but that takes all the pressure off, you know, all the bills and stuff. And like, yeah, it's interesting. It's a, it's a good theory, but, you know, everyone's worried, you know, everyone's different and everyone's going to treat that money different. But. It'll stimulate the economy. That's for sure. Yeah, well, you have to do something that for the people you're displacing. If you can't just pretend that problem's not going to exactly. exist, yeah. Especially when all this automation gets into transportation, and they make that like, yeah, that technology they perfect it, and there's no trucks running people over. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of jobs gone. Yeah, I know. It, it, we're all headed that way, and that's the <laughs> thing. Where when I was telling my kids about choosing uh, careers and stuff like that. Yeah. Their education system, the education system still now is is based on like it's it's they're still thinking about the past, not about the future. Yeah. And when they're they're teaching, they're finding the brightest kids in in the school, and they're doing what they've always done with them. They put them in the math and science, and they try to say this is where you should be in math and science because you're the smartest people. Then we want our smartest people in math and science. I'm like the the machines are doing math and science. Yeah. Uh, past what a human being can do we've made the machines learn faster than they learn we're way past where we could ever get with our limitations so either we join the machines or we uh we use them but either way the machine is going to be doing that thinking not me and uh we should be going into more human pursuits with our best and brightest absolutely things that are going to become more uh unique and more artistic endeavors exactly more more more. how to properly take care of people you can focus on that more exactly more of uh, nurturing and more of that uh entertainment uh, like uh, like uh, um um, community all that so that's like that's the positive spin to that too like but uh that's the transition period of all these jobs disappearing and uh, the government doing something about it Yeah, is going to be a slow transition uh, before things are probably even close to rosy like that. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a lot of people unemployed Yeah, and just no plan put in place. You know, I let, you know, I could be wrong. You know, Bernie Sanders might get in or fucking Andrew Yang and yeah. or whatever government, big government might actually take control of the people and 
Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. For me, I just think that even if we leave it to like to take the opposite side to go like free market here and just say like I'll take the ultra conservative side and say free market. Like let's just let the market uh, forces fall where they may, you know, and let human nature take over. Yeah. And uh, either way, I see with the future what's going to happen with the um, at least the North American economy. If I think the Western economy for real if not the global one, is there's going to be a crash that's going to have a major reset um, amongst everyone. You know, it's yeah. a great, the great uh, equalizer of the generations. Yeah, we're supposed to have that. That's yeah. been done through history for like hundreds of years. It's, They're just clearing the debt, starting again. It is very, it's it's very overdue. It's like the big one in, in uh, San Francisco, like that earthquake. It's going to happen. We know <laughs> it's going to happen. It's just, it's overdue, you know? And the... the so when that happens, it, like all the things that we take for granted because it's been going well for so long, it's going to seem like a shock that that these things don't exist anymore. They don't happen the way they are. But they've only been around for like 100 years. It's about time that we were to throw them out. They don't work anymore. They only yeah. work for like a few people. Like I think that... And we're in that time now where I think that's all going to be realized and kind of unfold. So you look at you look at the rate of change due to our technological advancements over the last twenty years, and you look how exponentially faster that's the, gonna work faster than any, and it, it's gonna work faster than any of the governments in the world. The way that these industries are gonna just eat up this technology as yeah. it comes to make automation quicker, less employees, more money, kind of thing, and you they know, did it in farming already. Like it's done. Like this universal income is supposed to be like the it f- like equalizes this this whole thing. Mm. Even if that's put in place, you know, governments don't move that quick. That's going to be a process of like, you know, not giving yeah. everyone money right away. It's going to be a bunch of tests, but it's already going to be too late because there's already all this automation just taking jobs here and there, and like people are going to revolt for sure. Yeah, but- I, that that's 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 what you've that's exactly right, Brandon. That's like. Because the rate of change won't move fast enough because these systems, the bureaucracies yeah. that we built are inefficient and they, they don't service uh, ideals anymore. They just serve as self-preservation of these people. Yeah, my mom's mad at like uh, <laughs> at like self-checkouts at Walmart. I'm yeah. like, you just wait, mom. <laughs> like, you wait 10 years. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty it, it is a it is a pretty big, big deal. And that's why I tell Mike, you know, my kids or anybody who's asked me for uh, job advice, which for some reason I get asked a lot. And I've been terrible at work. Yeah. And people ask me about what I think. I don't know why. But but I do tell them, it's like, be flexible. Yeah. Uh, invest in yourself. There's a lot of ways to make a living. I, I, I would personally think it's you can get a job where you get paid $100,000 or you can get 10 jobs where you make $10,000 each. Yeah. And then you still got the same amount of money, right? Yeah. Uh, it depends how you want to do it. I always like doing the 10 jobs because... Um, life's more interesting when you got variety you know and like yeah everyone's different like my background like my dad had lots of different endeavors but like he he worked in the same career pretty much his whole life lived in the same area his whole life and like a lot of people in my family are like that you know and they kind of had similar jobs kind of stayed in the same area family yeah all that but like i just i don't know i don't see life that way for me no i'm not a family guy i don't think uh i'm I'm never gonna have kids. I don't want kids at all. But that 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 means but, uh, that, that just leaves everything so much more open. And I think I realized that uh, a while ago, when uh, uh, one of these random jobs I got just popped up. Because I always, 
Yeah, especially whale watching. You have lots yeah. of time to reflect when you're stoned on a whale watching boat. <laughs> <laughs> just heading out to the ocean, just staring out, just like yeah. looking for whales and just like so much to think about. That's what I think is, uh, uh, like, I just think that, uh, oh my goodness, Pete, you're doing so good till the very end. Now I'm getting a little bit of a, a forgetful. But my point was, you're talking about, uh, oh, f- of flexibility. No, yeah. we're talking about flexibility. Yeah. And you're saying, Being oh, free. oh, with kid, with kids, yeah. Yeah, I know. I was talking to my buddy, and he said he had his first kid. Yeah. You know, and he was a really, really, like, uh, you know, aggressive businessman, you know, like a really good farmer and aggressive businessman, you know, and he was making, like, real strides forward in this, like, operation that he started from nothing, you know? Yeah. And then he had his first kid, and he was like, I suck now. <laughs> like, he, he says, like, I can't, uh, now I'm thinking of this child all the time. I really could, you know, I'm not like I could care less about my business, but, like, I thought my business and my these goals I set for myself were such the number one priority. And now when you have a kid, I mean, it's not yeah, even yeah. close. You know, you, you got to keep this thing alive. That's a way bigger responsibility. And some people, you know, that, that's what they want. They want kids. That's going to that's what they want their life to be. But I can't imagine that. Yeah. And, it, and, <laughs> and everyone will be like, oh, but you'll love it so unconditionally i'm like i know i don't want that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'll tell you something like i'm i'm a guy that uh, uh come from a big family i'm a family man and i i, lo- I love the i chose to have kids when i was young my uh, my kids are pretty much grown now right like i'm 46 my kids are 16 and 17 so they're almost ready to go to university and uh i'm uh just getting some freedom back because my kids don't yeah they, they're not they around don't, as much and they don't need me i mean they they know like they knew I was an idiot since they learned how to use Google right like they they don't yeah. use me as a reference or a guide <laughs> you know I give them the odd bit of advice but that's about it you know most of they're mostly self sufficient and uh, so you kind of get your freedom back it is a temporary thing but the one thing you'll never lose is that like like obligation of like you care for them and anything that would ever happen to that other person you're gonna do everything you can to help them you know yeah and and once you have that kind of uh uh love for somebody you are kind of fucked (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that's never gonna let you um uh achieve your goals to the fullest extent that you could put your effort in you know let me put my love into a cat all right yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) i can do that for a cat there's yeah lots of cats and it's not that long it's nice too if you have a a, a, like a partner that you're with that has the same yeah we do we do my girlfriend we both share the same view we both just want cats. That's as far as we're gonna go with it. And you're both uh, uh event like a like adventure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she came to Australia with me. Yeah, yeah. She's just she's trying to plan the next trip wherever the hell we're going next. So it's it's good. Yeah, that's that's super cool. That's and why, I, that's why I'm working hard now, working hard at the jobs. <laughs> yeah, and right now, even when we're well, with the stuff that that you're doing, because I've been lucky enough to be able to work with you over the last six months or so. Yeah, is that uh, a lot of the stuff that we're working on now we're lucky that we have the ability to kind of like mold it into the direction of the things that we want to do just in our life anyway, you know? That's right. And, and that's why I retired when I did at 39 was because I, um, I knew that I would never retire. So yeah. that allowed me to retire right away. And then I was like, oh, I'll just never stop working. I'll do something forever. Just do something else. Yeah. yeah. I can always, uh, be a landlord. I could always, uh, tell jokes, you know, I can always, um, you know, probably as long as I might, I could still bend over. I can like put in a floor yeah. for you. Yeah, and that's uh, that's part of the meaning of life. I think that's when you have purpose. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people that are super depressed and anxious right now, and I don't know. Sometimes, from what I learned, I think sometimes it's just a lack of a lack of purpose. You know. Yeah. But uh, 
yeah, when you're jumping from yeah, job to job, you know, some people do that in their shit jobs, but I guess, you know, I don't know how I find myself in some of these opportunities. Some jobs are good. You ever been bad. fired? No, never been fired. So you've always been a pretty good employee. Like yeah. people have been happy with you. You get letters of reference easily. Oh, yeah. And uh, but you still have that variation, which I've only been fired. I've been fired from like commercial film sets, not yeah. on the spot, but like yeah, I've, only been, I've been fired twice. Yeah. <laughs> and that used to be my goal when I was in banking to get fired. Oh, it was, yeah? they, I would I, seriously I do that at the uh, my <laughs> annual reviews. I would they would say, what's your five year goal? I'd be like to be fired because I didn't want to get a severance. And then every year I'd say, <laughs> I know I get like this many more weeks of severance because I've been here another year so. I'm hoping I can get fired soon. <laughs> and then they would always say, why do you joke around like that? I'm like, I've I've not joked with you once. I've not joked with you once. And then when I left, they were still surprised, you know, which I can't believe. Anyways, good place to work. Not for me, you know. No. I just And I couldn't believe it. I thought I was arrogant or um, conceited or whatever in my own head, you know. I thought everyone thought the same way I did. You know, I couldn't imagine a person thinking differently because I've been living in my own head the whole time. Yeah. And then uh, I realized that, uh, no, I just was ill suited to that place. And it actually f had physical, um, like, uh, physical uh, consequences to me, like my health. Like, I was fat, overweight in a bad way. Like, yeah. I was like, <clears throat> almost like skinny fat. You start to lose muscle tone. You're, you're uh, st uh, uh, stationary all day. So your back's all fucked. You're like, yeah. got sore necks all the time, you know. You're mi you're just mis miserable and you're puffy and as soon as I quit my job, I lost 20 pounds like instantly. I like everything came back to life. I felt like 20 years younger. Yeah. And then it, it was. I must feel good. <laughs> oh, it was great, man. It, uh, it, it's a bit of a honeymoon phase. If anyone's ever done this, that's listening to the show, or like when you've had a job and you quit it, you go through like euphoria initially you know you've done this dream yeah. that you've dreamed about every day going into the shit job that you hate you know and then you finally did it you quit you know yeah and then what's next <laughs> and then what when what's next sets in that's where it gets kind of ugly <laughs> especially if you have lofty ambitions because then you're um you're um you have to be prepared to weather the storm of ups and downs when you have lofty ambitions because yeah yeah there's no but then i have very lofty ambitions i like it it's more fun to do something hard. Keeps things interesting. Yeah. I think that's been my goal. Like, I just want new experience and just keep things interesting. Shake it up when it's getting, when it's, that's why I went to Australia pretty much. I'm just like, yeah. it's getting stuck in a rut. I'm like, let's go to the other side of the world for a bit. See what it's like there. Yeah. And you do, you're a stand-up comedian too. Yeah. So yeah, it, that's like, that's something, yeah, more lately I've been trying to focus on more, but it's uh, because I do have my arms in many things right now. It's not my main focus. Yeah, but even as a stand-up comedian, because I also am a stand-up comedian, I think it's our responsibility as stand-up comedians to not only report on life, like to 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 uh, um, what do you say, commentate on life. Yeah. But also to live life, yeah. so we have something to commentate on. Entertain you know? the people. Like if you if you don't spend time living, you're gonna have nothing to write about. You know. That's right. And then that's. That is part of your responsibility if you're going to observe life is to live yeah, a bit. That has hundred percent helped my stand-up career. Just all these, yeah, different jobs and traveling and experiences definitely built it. Because I I started six years ago and it's been on and off, just because of these different jobs I've had. 
that I've just developed like stories and just, you know, working on things as I go and like being able to try things out on the road. Like when I was doing the moose tours and taking people out to the East coast and, and go to like Halifax and Moncton and I just get open mic nights, open mic night nights <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. So uh, doing all that definitely helped. Yeah. I actually can't wait uh, uh, to see what we can pull off in the next few years yep. as to what we can try to do. I still think if I can get a travel show um, someday, I think that's that would be a any, any dream. We could pull that off. Yeah, a travel show would be something that uh, I think we could, uh, if we could pull something like that off, that's like the ultimate dream job, you know, to get paid to travel and uh, still do the fun stuff that we do, producing content, you know, that would, to me would be... I think, uh, I think we can do that. We can come up with the right idea. Let's do it. You got any dreams, dream jobs you still have to do yet? You said uh, you said farming, but that's just and something... Culinary, I said culinary, culinary as yeah. well. Um, I, I don't know any... I don't know if there's any dream jobs that, like, are unachievable i guess a bank robber would be a pretty sweet career oh, man i'd love to go I on a nice bank watch bank robbing movies like okay let's end the show with this uh with this one question brandon okay now you have the opportunity once in your life uh the law is going to turn a blind eye to all of this okay yeah but you have an opportunity to either go on a spree or what kind of spree or like a, a like a like a robbery like you're gonna be we're gonna do some bank robbing yep you can either go on a spree or you can be part of a great heist multiple uh different uh, uh characters with yeah. different attributes and you're just playing your part cog in the wheel you're gonna get the same amount of money so like oceans time. 11 style right? you're going oceans 11 versus bonnie and clyde oceans 11 versus bonnie and clyde you know what i mean uh, like you got uh, Woody Harrelson and Juliana, what's that one called? Uh, and uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield's in it. Oliver Stone directed it. Heat? No, no. <laughs> That's another heist movie, though. Heat. The one where uh, Mickey and Mallory they go across the uh, country uh, killing people and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Natural born killers. Natural born killers. Yeah, natural born um, killers. That, they, yeah, I don't know about the killing part. No, but, but the, the bank the rob, bank robbing kind of yeah, like yeah. that. Like one's a spree. You're gonna go hit like a maybe you get like a couple hundred thousand per bank robbery. At the end of doing like ten banks, you got a spree. You're going across country. That sounds way more fun. <laughs> really? Yeah. But the other one's big planning. One pull, one heist. Yeah, that sounds like a lot more stress <laughs> and like. I'm not the brightest guy for a heist. Like, I don't know what my position would be in the heist crew. You're thinking I, smash I'd and be grab. A, just like a, yeah, smash and grab. You know, yeah. you go, you get a road trip out of it. You know, you, you take your sweetheart with you, ride or die. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, that sounds a lot more fun. A lot more romantic. All right. Well, that's a fair point. I don't want to kill anyone, though, but I'll take their money. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I think a heist would be, or, or I think a, a spree would be more fun. It's like Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Yeah, we could definitely do something so like that. So much work into a heist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a lot. And then if, and, and you're at the mercy. If somebody else fucks up, the whole heist is screwed, yeah. and then you're done. And you have the, the the likelihood that you get all this money with, say, 12 guys, Yeah. you know, and then it turns into good fellas, where now you're fucking Samuel Jackson getting set, shot in the back of the head. When yeah, those guys normally have a plan for their money. I'm just probably having, like, gym bags full of loose cash in my, in my yeah. trunk, just living off of adrenaline. With, uh, yeah, that would would that be your favorite crime to commit? Would be bank robbing. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, everyone thinks about it. You know, you do when you're in the bank and you're standing there waiting, 
Unless you ever, I mean, this is probably before phones a lot more. You're definitely thinking about robbing that bank and how you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's done it once. You think about it because you, yeah, of course you think about it. I would, uh, I would try to be a friendly bank robber, like a, yeah. the charming bank robber. Like I would like to, if I wore a mask, it would be a smiley face. Like it would be pleasant. Yeah. The experience. But I'd shoot you in the throat if you mess with me. Yeah. If I was doing a bungee, I'd just try different different techniques every time. Oh, yeah? I'd, you know, go in, start shooting the ceiling and screaming. I'd try that. And then maybe the next one, just go in with a, like a slide, a slip of paper across the table. Mm-hmm. Just be like, there's four of us here. <laughs> it's like, don't make a move. Yeah. Uh, the thing about that is you're going to have a hard time getting a nickname from this press because you don't have a signature, you know. Um, a signature way of way robbing of the bank. It. Yeah. So uh, you're going to be, the good so, news is you stay under the radar, probably less chance of getting caught. Babyface Brando, right? Yeah. There's yeah. one of the old banker, bank robbing names. Yeah, that's a good one. Is there a real person called that? I think there's like Babyface something. Babyface yeah. Nelson, I think his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like a bank, bank robber. Kind of kind of what how I wanted to do, just like driving bank to bank. Yeah, yeah. In like the 1800s. That's the best if you can just go break. <laughs> and now where would the most money be? If you had to go somewhere with the most cash, you go to one of the weed dispensaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's probably where it would be. Yeah, they're docile. They're easy to control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just go in there with some snacks, distract them, and then freaking take all the cash. Yeah. And they don't even notice because they got stacks of it to the roof. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I was just uh, want to thank you, Brandon, for coming in and talking about your jobs. Do you have yeah. a favorite one was, that you can? Lots of fun. That um, stands out. Uh God, it's I'd have to say whale watching just because I don't know. I felt so alive every day out in the ocean. Yeah. Seeing wildlife and you see yourself going back there someday? Yeah. You like to live? Yeah, I love it out there. Cheap real estate. It's worth it. I'll go anywhere where it's cheap real estate. Yeah. And where there's no rules. Anyways, the land Bre- of wonder. Oh, uh, it was Cape Brett. I've never been there. I can't wait to go. Um so anyways, if you'd like to uh please uh, follow Brandon, he's actually got a podcast coming out. It's called uh It's called We're Doomed. We're doomed with Tyler Shazma, and the two of them talk about different ways that we are going to see the end of the world. It's, it's lots of fun. It's lots of fun. And uh, Brandon, you're like a plethora of knowledge by all accounts. Oh, I haven't heard the episode yet, but Tyler has uh, given reports that uh, you cannot believe the amount of knowledge that comes out of your mouth in some of these subject matters. Yeah, it's nuts. It's uh, That's been a, a weird, dark hobby I've had. Like I used to really worry about like these end of the world scenarios and how realistic they were. They would bother me, yeah. but I've just come to this. I've come to peace with it, and I'm just fascinated. It's like bring it on. Let's yeah. see what happens. I want something to happen. You know. Yeah. I, I, I've seen shake so, it up. I've seen so many of these speculations. I want to see some chupacabras. We finally. could use a good reset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've done enough. Let's let's start over. Let's try something else. Yeah, I'm all for it too. I love the chaos. Bring it on. Anyways, uh, follow Brandon on social media. You can, uh, you can. What do you, uh, your Reginald McIntosh? Yeah, on Instagram, Instagram and uh, you can also find Brandon on Facebook. You can book him to do stand up comedy. Uh, and if you have anything to say about the show, if you'd like to talk about your job experiences, what you think a good job is, what you think a uh, makes a good boss, anything that you've done, if you like to comment on the show, give us some feedback at live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. And uh, for those of you who are listening to this, we're getting really excited to work on our new show that's going to be replacing Live from the Dutch Hall. So just stay tuned and we will give you updates. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're Dutch Hall or Live from the Dutch Hall. And until next time, we'll see you later. I'm Pete Van Dyke. Bye.